Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 205. You've got Chris and Brian, and this time around, we're going to talk about the difference between planking and training, and then also kind of how we structure our training sessions so that we get a lot of work in uh, efficiently and use the, the range time we have uh, without trying to waste a bunch of it just monkeying around and yeah. being inefficient. Absolutely. Um, guys, you know, planking, um, you know, when I was a kid, I, I grew up southeast of columbus down around canal winchester area when it was very rural and we used to go there were a couple farms that we would go to that had safe places to shoot they had good terrain that made good backstops um and in the one place the the family that had owned the property for probably 150 years used one of those walls to like just back up with a track with a tractor with a trailer on it and dump trash and stuff like that and they hadn't done it in decades but it had been done for decades before that and there were all kinds of like old bottles and cans and stuff like that, and uh, and and we would we would drag some saw horses down there in a two by six and put bottles on them, and we would you know we'd shoot bottles with our twenty twos or BB guns or this that or the other, and literally spend hours doing that. Uh, by the same token, you know my grandmother um, and, and my mom's side of the family owned a big piece of property uh, right off of Allen Creek Drive in two seventy, and there were some old pit quarries or their borrow ponds where they took dirt out to build the highway and stuff like that. And same thing, when I was a kid, I would I would take a brick of ammo and go back to one of those borrow ponds and set up targets and just plink and shoot across the freaking pond, you know, as far as I could shoot, see how far I could get a 22 to go and shoot rocks and bottles and cans and crap like that. And, and it's not that that's not a good thing to do. You get to know your tools by running lots and lots and lots of rounds through them. But what you learn from it is often incidental to the experience it's not the purpose of the experience. It's just that you're out using the gun and you learn, oh, hey, when I do this or when it gets dirty, it starts doing this. Or when it gets dirty, like from a malfunction standpoint or an accuracy standpoint or whatever, um, I, I got to know a couple of guns really, really, really well um, just by simply putting obscene amounts of ammo through them as a hobby, as a way to burn time. Um, and again, there's, there's a lot to be said for that when you're bringing somebody new on board that maybe you make it look to them like they're planking, but you might have a training agenda in mind as you take them to the range so that, you know, ammo's, doesn't seem like ammo's as cheap as it used to be. And maybe I'm, you know, just old enough now that I say things like that, right? The boomer yeah. strikes kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> so again, this isn't to bash on planking. This isn't to bash on shooting as a recreational endeavor. Um, this is to say that if you if you want to go out and train and become better at anything, um, you know there there needs to be an overarching curriculum. There needs to be an overarching program that you're working within, and then your range sessions need to be part of that. You know if you if you sit down and talk to a, a teacher, um, you know teachers have a curriculum planned out for an entire year that they work their way through, and they have X number of days. You know however many days of the year that is, if it's you know to teach. Um, and you'll find that like when they, you know, teachers tend to be very rigid about that kind of stuff. And when it gets screwed up, when the plan gets screwed up, they get twitchy. Um, some of them like develop genuine anxiety because, hey, I only have X number of days and something's jacking with it, like snow days. Or, you know, or nowadays kids not, parents not sending their kids to school because they don't, you know, that. So that kind of mentality around having a, an overarching long-term plan and some goals you want to achieve um, and then having each step of that plan mapped out. And, and, it, and it doesn't have to be something that's ridiculously rigid like that, um, but it, it just is having the plan makes you more efficient. It keeps you from wasting time much more so than just showing up at the range and going, what are we going to do today kind of mentality. 
So let's talk about like kind of what we put into a range session, if that's cool, and just work from there. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of it, you know, we're either going to focus primarily on either pistols or rifles. Yeah. Um, we don't generally mix the two that much. Um, we do once in a while. Yeah. But mostly it's focused on one or the other. Again, yeah. Because we're trying to develop hard skills around each weapon platform. Uh, depending on what we're doing, you know, we're either setting up one target per person uh, or maybe, you know, an array of targets that are shared. Yeah. Uh, depending on how many people we have, you know, we might have one array of targets for the whole group. Yeah. Or we try to replicate, you know, a mirrored array of targets so we can kind of run two groups at the same time. Two um, relays. Yeah. Yeah, two relays. Um, they may both be... You know, one relay shoots, the second relay shoots, and then we all go down and score targets, you know, reset things. Or we may have the two relays work completely independently. Yeah. Um, again, depends on depends on the drill, depends on, you know, the angles and things involved. Um, but we are, you know, trying to keep, keep things moving uh, so that there's a minimal amount of standing around. Uh, when you get a bunch of dudes or a bunch of people in general standing yeah. around, uh, the wheels, the efficiency wheels tend to fall off quickly because people get distracted. Idle hand um, for the devil's tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, since you're, you, as we look at this, like, it's just, everything we do, you're showing up with a game plan and the efficiencies, you know, the efficiencies are matter if you're there to train. Um, if, if you look at typically, again, as an analogy, look at the dude in the gym who's yoked. Um, the dude in the gym who's yoked, who's got big muscles and is lean and is cut and is doing the work or is just ridiculously freaking strong, is he, he doesn't want anyone around him. He doesn't stop and bullshit. He's probably got his head, his earbuds in or his headphones on. He doesn't talk and stop and talk and bullshit with other people. Now, he may have conversations about performance and specifics, technique-based wise, safety stuff, spotting stuff with another lifting partner or somebody like that. Um, but it, as a general rule of thumb, you know, the, it, you're, you're doing what you're doing. You're there to do the work. And it's the same thing with going to the range. It's not that it can't be fun, but when, when you know, it, it, everybody needs to be on the line paying attention to what everybody's doing. And, like, for our group specifically, um, you know, we kind of have the, the mentality that we're there to learn stuff. We're there to, work, you know, focus on the hard skills, hone the hard skills, drive that stuff home. And, and it, it's not that you can't joke around and grab ass when you're not on the line, but as a general rule of thumb, if somebody is on the line, you're, you know, we're all watching because most of us are pretty accomplished shooters and we want to be able to give feedback um, and, and we want to be able to help that person along. And also as a safety conversation, we all want to have an eye on things. You know, we're doing yeah. running a gun is a is a martial art, um, you know, and, and it is a martial art that projects force significantly further away than most martial arts do. So, you know, having an, under, an understanding that we're all on that in that and participating in that moment while we're on the range. You know, we, we may not spend eight or ten hours on the range like you would in a class, but we kind of treat it with the same mentality as an instructor does when they show up to teach a class for pay or as part of their job, where we generally, we, we may not write out specific learning objectives that we want to have for that night. Um, again, going back to that lesson plan like a teacher does, but generally we're showing up saying, hey, this is what we're going to work on tonight. This is what we're going to do. Here's the setup. Let's get things rocking and rolling. Um, and, and part of that's delegating that too, but I think probably as importantly with anything else for maintaining efficiency in that environment is somebody stepping up and saying, Hey, for the next two hours, for the next three hours, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to run a training night for you guys tonight. And I've got a plan. Here's what we're looking at doing. And then delegating, um, you know, the work to be done for setup and tear down and stuff like that. 
um, you know, delegating that work, but then getting people on the line and, and, and explaining to them as step up on the line, here's the brief, here's what we're running through. Um, this is what I need guys doing. These are things to be aware of from a safety perspective. These are things to be aware, for, aware of from a time wasted perspective. I need everybody downrange pasting targets uh, between runs if we're doing paper and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, you know, but setting that stuff up and having somebody responsible for driving that night um, and, you know, and every once in a while, you know, so, you know, a, a lot of it devolves and you end up having fun and grab assing around because somebody jacked something up or screwed up a run. Um, somebody went to art school and can't count, and, you know, and that's yeah. one of those things that distracts from it. And, but, but that's also what makes it fun. So let's not lose that if that's part of why you're there too. Um, but the reality check is, you know, that that's, and then there's the guy who's, you know, whoever it is, and it may not even be the person running the night, but it can be the guy, the guy going, okay, cool. Okay. That, that's funny. Ha ha ha. Art school can't count, wrong number of reps. Hey, let's get a couple more shots on that target. And the drill that should have been three seconds is now seven seconds or 12 seconds. Um, ha, 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 let's move on. But having that plan and driving the reps and saying, hey, these are the things we want to get through tonight. If you have that laid out ahead of time versus, hey, let's all show up and we'll figure out what we're going to do when we get there. And one guy doesn't bring a rifle, but it's rifle night. Or, you know, that kind of mentality, yeah. you know, just having that game plan. So part of that is, you know, communicating with your peers and stuff like that if you're shooting with peers. And if it's just you, then it's no different than showing up to the gym solo. What am I working on tonight? You know, is this a, you know, am I doing it? Is this a push day? Is this a leg day? Is this a what is this? What am I going to go hammer on and really drive in? Um, having some flexibility to say, when I show up, maybe the bay I want's not available, just like I show up at the gym and it's crowded and the piece of equipment I want's not available. So I'll go hammer on something else that does the same similar kind of thing, yeah. kind of mentality. Um, it's, it's not that it has to be ultra rigid, but showing up with that plan. Um, you know, and some of the things we do too, like as we, we walk onto the range, there's kind of an expectation with our group that your mags are loaded, show up with your mags loaded or get there early enough to load your mags, whatever, and get your stuff squared away there. Um, show up with the right kit for the most part. Most of what we do is geared towards civilian self-defense, probably weighted, you know, toward concealed carry more than anything else, but also rifles and stuff like that at times for home defense. And, and some small unit stuff to j just kind of test guys in their equipment with long guns, you know, so we'll show up with a curriculum for that with what we want to do. Um, but you're, you know, expect you're going to show up with your gear squared away. If you need to go confirm zero on a rifle, that's not at the beginning of training night. That's the hour before or two hours before. Or a separate trip. To or the a ranch. separate trip or whatever, you know. Yeah, if you got it. But, you know, so if we're all going to meet and do work, we don't want to really wait on somebody to be checking something out. Go, oh, I just put a dot optic on my gun three minutes ago on my pistol. And I, I got to go spend 15 minutes jacking around zero and out while the rest of us are ready to do our safety brief and ready to get rocking and rolling. Um, you know, so all that is, is being, being a responsible member of that group of folks or being responsible to yourself and saying, maybe I'll take part of a plinking day to confirm zero on something because I've got a training day coming up or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, but it's, it's having everybody squared away before you get there. And then once you get there, that person that's in charge says, okay, we're all here. Um, first things first, here's our safety brief for the night. You know, who's handling med, who's handling any kind of emergency calls who's handling any kind of, um, you know, notification and direction for emergency services should they be needed, um, the quick run through on that kind of stuff. Um, and then going into the curriculum, what we're gonna do, what the pitfalls are, what the dangers are for each particular drill, stuff like that. And then also, you know, how to gain the efficiencies. You know, some of the, the books you've been running through, the, the dry fire reloaded, and then the, the handgun yeah, stuff from- Practical shooting training. The, yeah, you know, those, those 
books, when you read through the drills and break it down, they, they tell you flat out, this is what you're trying to achieve with this drill. So setting some of those expectations, um, or if it's something where it's an exploratory conversation and you want somebody to run through a series of drills you have in your head, you know why you want them to do it. They may not know why you want them to do it. Um, is, is having that planned out mentally so that when you go through it, if it is an exploratory kind of thing where you want somebody to maybe run a drill, solve the problem on their own, maybe fail through it once or twice before they get the aha moment or before you give them the secret sauce to drive that lesson home is a thing. Um, and that's probably, it, that can be around hard skills, but it's usually more around tactics. Yeah. Yeah, you know, or, or you know, problem solving is usually more around tactics. Um, but again, all that's just laying that stuff out ahead of time so you kind of know what you're doing. Um, but, but that's, you know, that's something that a, a, that's more than like a range safety officer job. That is a trainer's job. So somebody's got to kind of step up and be the trainer. And if it's just you doing these drills by yourself, um, I've, I've got a dude who comes in here on a regular basis. This guy has a, a, a legit history at arms, um, does some private security stuff, um, and, and, and not, not here stateside. I mean, this is, this is some interesting stuff. Um, he's a linguist, really smart dude. He spends a lot of time on the range. And every time I talk to him about going to the range, he's going to work on something specific. He's not just going to the range to shoot. He's not just, it's like, hey, I want to go, you know, I'm putting sights on this gun. I want to tune it up. I've got a job where I've got to run this piece of equipment, so I'm going to get squared away on it. And you start talking to him, like, well, what kind of stuff you do? Oh, draw stroke considerations. Um, this weapon system's different than a different weapon system, but I'm forced to use it. So I'm going to go work on making sure I understand how the safeties work. I can get things to do what I want them to do. And then my hard skills maybe stretch out at distance because I don't have a long gun. Um, I've got to run a handgun, so I'll do some long distance XYZ because that's what I'm going to be stuck with kind of mentality. This dude has stuff laid out. It's not, well, I'm just going to go shoot. It's Here's my plan. And, it, and to him, it's like second nature. Like he's talking to me about it. Like, you know, we're talking about going to work. And hey, here's what I got to work on today at work. Oh, here's what I got to work on today at work. It's it, it's work, it's work first. Yeah. If you're training, so I you know I don't want to take the fun out of it, but why are you there? Yeah. 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 A lot of this too comes down to drill sequencing. Yes. Um, which is something that I think a lot of people overlook. Um, you know, just setting up you know a whole big array of targets and just having everybody blast away. Yep, um, can be fun, <laughs> but it gets to be really expensive noise that isn't necessarily productive uh-huh. very quickly, as opposed to doing something like structuring doubles drill, um, practical accuracy drill as independent exercises, and then maybe doing like Blake drill or pistol cross or rifle cross. Um, you know, doing target transitions, say like wide target transitions. Yeah, um, or the designated target drill. And then, you know, kind of at the end or maybe at the next training event, you know, setting some stages up or some mini stages up um, to run through to actually kind of validate the training from the time before. Yep. Um, but working on, you know, if we're doing stuff up close, you know, doubles drill really comes into play because uh, we should be shooting predictively. Uh, confirmation two, you know, confir- or what is it, confirmation zero or confirmation one. Um, yeah, and then, you know, as things get stretched out, you know, maybe now we're shooting more reactively, confirmation two, so we've got a firm, you know, very solid, stable sight picture uh, with confirmation two. Um, you know, and then being able to switch between those, um, which is a very valuable skill. Um, yeah. That's where the some of the more evolved or longer, you know, combination exercises come into play. Absolutely, and, and the sequencing, 
that's probably one of the things that would since we pushed more into the the Steger stuff um, the, the sequencing that we've been doing that you brought to the group has been one of those things that's almost you know, it used to be the old school would have been we're going to start off with dot torture you know because you're working the sights and sights and triggers sights and triggers sights and triggers sights and triggers and and the group of people that we're shooting with are all pretty advanced pretty much everybody mm-hmm. at five yards you know can clean dot torture can be really freaking close to it that kind of thing on, on demand no thought cold no hungover whatever kind of thing um and so you know but that would have been the old school and now starting and off it, with some of these it other all things. would have been really slow yep. and all would have been confirmation too yes um, I mean, dot, the thing with so dot torture, if you got a brand new shooter, dot torture is a decent drill, which to is get exactly where I was headed. Comfortable yeah. with shooting a pistol, yeah. Um, it, it keeps you relatively accountable from an accuracy standpoint, yep. Um, it takes away all the time pressure, uh, unless you put it on yourself. Um, uh, but because it does that, it doesn't really force you to evolve beyond just being able to shoot the pistol accurately. Absolutely, purely a mechanics drill for one specific thing, which is slow fire target shooting is all it's good for. Um, And and again, I'm not saying that the the fundamentals like that don't have a place for somebody who's a brand new shooter learning, you know, proper sight alignment and what the input to the trigger does to that. Um, If you're brand new, then it's, it's an interesting thing to go do occasionally. Um, but it, it, if you if you're an experienced shooter, if you're uh, if you're law enforcement, if you're a civilian concealed carry permit holder, and you carry your gun every day, and you say, hey, I go to the range and train ever so often, um, it, at some point, that's something that you're going to leave behind. It's something that you're going to leave way behind. Um, it's definitely something you should leave way behind. Yeah, I mean, it really yeah. is. It really is. You know, I mean, like I said, the mechanics end of it. Um, if you need to go confirm your mechanics, then you it's been way too long since you were on the range. It's been way too long since you dry fired uh, because all that can be done without even making a bang uh, literally in a five-minute session once a week kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, so driving this, the, the doubles, I would say that the, the, new, the new dot torture is doubles. Yeah. The new dot torture is doubles. That's the fundamental aspect of getting the gun out on target rapidly. Um, and, and running and running that that can I kinesthetically make this happen on the second shot each time? Can I, you know, am I mastering, truly mastering the grip? Um, and if I'm truly mastering the grip, driving the trigger matters less. Um, and if my side alignment's there and I'm gripping the shit out of the gun, I can hammer on the trigger and make things happen, um, you know, with that first sight picture and then, and then no sight picture to follow because I'm doing everything right. And then can I do yeah. that four times in a row confirms that you actually have everything anchored in tight and then from there you apply that to everything else to some extent yeah so i mean i I really feel like doubles is you know doubles is the advanced version of dot torture (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's totally different it's just totally different It's it's the evolution yeah i mean doubles gives you really good feedback on recoil yep and lets you see how you're managing recoil yeah um which again with any kind of slow fire pistol drill um you're not getting and by slow fire pistol drill, I'm talking anything where you're shooting splits beyond 0.25. Yeah, because in dot torture is, as, I mean, the the whole thing. On, I mean, right on the target, it says there's there's no time. You yeah. know, you can add time to it, but then it's not dot torture. It's something totally different. So, yeah. um, you know, like I said, dot torture is very fundamental. I just bring that up as like the the A to B comparison of this is this is the old way, this is the new way. But having that plan to understand, if you understood as dot torture was your first thing you do when you get on the range. Or like my dad would talk about, you know, the first thing they would do is they would run a target in close, and they would just slow fire a bullet in the same hole, 
um, kind of thing. And, and that's, again, that's a mechanics drill. And if you're shooting on a regular basis and your mechanics are nailed down, that's, I don't want to say it's a waste of ammo, but it's probably a waste of ammo. Yeah, a lot of the, like, the really slow fire pistol stuff comes out of historically, like, the NRA, you know, 50 yard bullseye shoot, or 50, yeah. 50 yard bullseye shooting, or 50 foot bullseye shooting. It's 50 yards, 50 yeah. meter handgun, yeah. Yeah, you know, the bullseye, the Camp Perry, you know, yeah. service pistol yeah. thing. Um, that if that's your sport and you're really good at it, like, good on you. Um, keep that sport alive because yeah. there's still valuable somewhere. Well, and it, and it, it yeah, I mean, it, as a sport, it brings people into yeah. the gun community, and and as a skill, it is a realistic skill. Um, you know, there have been a couple examples of law enforcement shootings um, here in the last probably 20 years where somebody was a competitive shooter, and they took essentially what was a slow fire shot at significant distance and did God's yeah. work. It's not that it's a in, it's not that it's an unapplicable skill. It's just a rarely applied skill, yeah. rarely needed skill, and you get to a very narrow window of justification when it comes to deadly force encounters if you're not law enforcement shooting somebody at 70 yards at a draw mohammed convention in texas is is kind of a rare thing yeah especially off a horseback one-handed with a smith mp40 um and you know maybe being a competitive bullseye shooter is what helped you do that Uh, okay cool but the window of application is pretty narrow yeah yeah so yeah absolutely yeah but the you know the planning into this though like you talk about is just it's getting understanding, you know, what am I trying to achieve today um, and, and finding the right tool to stack those skills on top of one another, to stack those hard skills on top yeah. of one another to push beyond where you were the last time you did it kind of mentality or at least maintain where you were the last time you did it, you know, as kind of a worst case. Yeah. So, so in addition to doubles drill, uh, I would check out the practical accuracy drill. So uh-huh. this is shooting reactively to the site picture, uh, looking for point three to 0.5 splits depending on the distance yeah um but you're shooting six rounds at a time so effectively shooting a build drill yeah um anywhere from 10 yards to 25 or 30 yards yeah um and then in addition to that you know working in things like 25 yard build drills yeah um which will really give you an honest picture of what you're you know what you can do from an accuracy perspective yeah because uh, your angular standard of measurement with the handgun at 25 yards gets to be pretty tight. Yep. Um, and you've got all the recoil management and things going on there. Um, yeah. Skill stacking. You know, hard, yeah. hard skills, hard skills, hard skills. So, you know, as you're planning, again, as you're planning out that training day, you know, having that having that kind of lesson plan mentality where you say, hey, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to stuff mags. Um, we're going to run through our brief at X time. If we're starting, if I'm running with a group of people, here's our safety brief. Here's our med brief. Here's what we're doing. Here's the kit that we need. You know, all that's published ahead of time. You show up, you run through that, and then you stack those drills on top of each other. Um, and, and I, and you know, and, and if you've never run training sessions with that kind of mentality, it, it maybe sounds like a little bit more work than it actually is. Um, it, the, the other part of this is I think that there are some, some resources <laughs> like the books um, yep. that we've been harping on you about, you know, where, you know, using those books to, to kind of lay that progression out and figure that out. The other thing with this too is, is this is, this gets kind of like powerlifting where you're doing the same things over and over and over again. Um, you know, because again, you're driving hard skills and you're trying to get stronger at the same time. So I would say in shooting, you're trying to get a base level of accuracy, but then trying to get faster would be the equivalent to strength. 
in maintaining or increasing the level of accuracy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, time. I mean the 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 skill set is the skill set, and and but I want to do it faster or further away or whatever the case may be. And and in strength training, you know, a a power clean or a squat clean or something like that that's truly technical. Uh, power clean's not squat clean is. You know, where you've got to get truly technical in it, um, and then and then you start piling the weight on as you get really really good at it. I'd say in this case you're maintaining a standard of accuracy, but trying to get faster or do it at distance. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's that same kind of stacking this stuff and pushing further. Um, it, you know, it, 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 it can get, unfortunately it can get boring. Um, you know, people who do high level athletics do the same drills over and over and over and over again. And when you watch them do it, you're like, God, you already did it perfect. What are you doing it for? You know, why are you doing it again? Well, because that's why they do it perfect. And that's what we're talking about is being able to kind of on demand have those skills be where you want them to be. Um, as somebody who's not a professional or Olympic athlete, never has been, never will be kind of mentality, um, I still have a level, a standard that I want to be able to maintain. I want to be able to do certain things on demand to a standard that's acceptable. Um, and so, you know, running those drills allows me to extend that, maybe get a little faster. And maybe I'll never be a Ben Steger, I'll never be a, that level of shooter simply because I'm, I'm not going to apply the time and resources to it, yeah. it doesn't mean that I can't have a plan and maintain a baseline level or standard for myself. Um, and that's funny because that kind of takes us back around to shooting. You mentioned the quote um, from Pranka about standards. Oh, yeah. There's a Redneck Live recently that I wrote a little quote down. said, you know, if you meet a standard, you just met the bare bones level for acceptable. Yeah. Um, yeah, so having, you know, if this is, you know, a lot of Anacito is coming from, again, Redneck Lives with X-Ray Alpha, some of the stuff that Mike Pannone's published, um, but basically looking at, you know, if you can shoot B-Class in USPSA, um, you're probably shooting a handgun better than any tactical, 99% of tactical law enforcement officers in the country, Yeah, and probably, you know, 99.8% of all patrol law enforcement officers in the country yeah and then just apply that right across the dot mill side too absolutely and for those of you who those of you leo guys and military guys who go out and train on your own and do the things above and beyond um you know don't, 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 try to get butt hurt by that we get it you know it sounds like we're picking on leos but if you look at the data on leos um we we were in columbus ohio so we have a we have one of the better firearms training academies in the country um, and an agency that that if they pull the if they pull the gun and shoot the gun, they're 50 to 60 percent hits on target. Across nationally speaking, it's it's sub 20 percent on a national level. And some places do way better, and some places do way worse. But as a general rule of thumb, um, you know the, the the guys who go out there and burn it down are guys who spend their time doing the work. Um, and and you know and, and may not even be necessarily gun centric dudes. It may be just athletes in general guys who do jujitsu train on the side who do that other stuff some manner of defensive tactics kind of stuff um you know the gun skills may not be perfect but the fights there mentally because they train um you know but that that kind of mentality around you know sorry we're not picking on we're picking on your mark one mod zero dude who doesn't ever touch the gun but in qualifications and because they shot a passing qualification thinks they're good enough um, and unfortunately, we're, we're burying way too many law enforcement officers due to in-the-line-of-duty incidents um, that, that, you know, I think if there's some time spent on that and some focus put on that by their agencies and by themselves as well, but by yeah. their agencies as well, if the agency pushed it and said, hey, we're going to be better, 
Um, I think then the individual officer has a mandate to be better or they don't have a job. But in general, you know, I want to go home kind of mentality is where it's at. And the guys that have that mentality and go train pretty hard um, are, are generally pretty skilled dudes. Um, but there's a lot of guys out there who just it's just something they carry around that hurts their back yeah. on a belt. So don't don't be that guy. Um, and we won't have to pick on you for shooting like a bag of dicks. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, but anyway, so, um, you know, like I said, guys, this is, uh, the, you know, the, the getting a plan together, um, you know, I, but the, mo- the most work in getting a plan together is probably two things. It's probably finding the proper resources, whether you're going online um, and looking for the resources or whether you're just going to go to, you know, somebody's pro shop and buy their book and use that as the resource and work your way through the book. And then when you get through the book, go back and start over and do it again um, and try and shave a little more a little more time off and try and shrink the group down a little bit. But the resources exist, whether you whether you buy into the new the the new way of doing it or whether you buy into the old way of doing it. I don't care. You know, go do some work. Either way, it's going to help you, um, you know, but the new way is the new way for a reason. So not not just because it's cool. Um but you know, the, so the hard part is gathering, you know, the resources, and then the, and then going out and actually doing the work. It's mm-hmm. neither one really should be tedium. Not that it can't, you know, it should be. You should be able to have some fun doing it. It should be a challenge. And if you don't enjoy doing it, but it's your job, go do it. If you don't enjoy doing it, it's not your job. Why are you doing it? Who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for you, for your family, for your kids, for your community, whatever? Um, you know, but you know, find that. I'm not looking for motivation. Find the discipline to go do the work. It's no different than anything else. So yeah. make make a plan to do the work. Be yeah. disciplined about it and go do it. Yeah, if you don't have it, um, the book Practical Shooting Training by Ben Stager and Jill Park is phenomenal. Um, you get it on Amazon or from the Ben Stager Pro Shop. Uh, it's like 25 or 26 bucks. Yeah, 26, 27. Um, <clears throat> it will legitimately keep you engaged and challenged for multiple years. Yep. Um, to try to work through even the first two levels of the book. Uh, tons and tons of information in there. Uh, lots of stuff, too, on how to apply all the things you're doing on the live fire range and dry fire and vice versa. Um, you know, it gives you, if you are the guy who's kind of become the, the training dude or the instructor dude um, for your group of Merry Misfits. The guy everybody looks to. Yeah. yeah. Um, it gives you, you know, really good resources, not only on you know, drills that are efficient from an ammo and a time perspective, but also kind of how to coach those drills based on who the shooter is. Yeah. Um, because again, you know, we, we go back to that powerlifting analogy. Um, you know, somebody who's just getting started needs different coaching than somebody who's at the Olympic level. Yep. Um, and if you try to give the Olympic level stuff to the newbie, um, they're going to be really confused and have no idea what's going on. And if you try to give the newbie advice to the Olympic level guy, he's going to be like, dude, I already know all this stuff. Yeah. And now he's getting bored. Um, and he's not going to be able to get the, you know, it's not gonna sub, extend. sub percentage, sub, you know, tiny little percentages of improvement yep. that he's looking for. Whereas, you know, the newbie needs, they need to go, for, you know, five, 10% at a time. Yeah. Because um, that's, that's the level of improvement that they can make very rapidly. Yeah. Um, again, with the right coaching. Exactly. Yeah. So, like I said, being you know being the dude who shows up for the, at the range night, you know, with a clipboard with all this stuff written out, um, you know, that does not make you a dork. Um, hopefully, it doesn't make you a pain in the ass. I don't think that it does. Um, also, showing up as the guy who has you know some pre-printed you know either graph paper or spreadsheets where you're writing down some times for the drills and keeping metrics and stuff like that. Um, gosh, it seems like we keep coming back to 
um, physical training analogies where you know you keep a book and you kind of or you kind of know what your numbers are on stuff you've got a core set of things that you know what you can achieve with um, so you know what 80 or 90 percent of your max you know is to work at um, you know knowing those same things with these drills to know what your maxes are and what you're trying to get past um, you know with the shooting into things I, I think you're kind of you know you're you're working you're not necessarily trying to do everything at a maximal place you're trying to do a lot of things perfect and it's at some point find failure gosh that sounds a whole lot like working out yeah huh um, and a lot of you do the workout thing because it makes you feel better and it makes you a better human being not necessarily because it's fun um, I don't go to the gym to see the hot chicks because it's all dudes in my buddy's garage. <laughs> uh, you know, we go to the gym because it makes me feel better and it makes me a better human being. It helps me live longer for my kids. Um, hopefully the gun never becomes the thing that helps you live longer for your kids, but if it does, good on you if you can. Yeah. So, yeah. How to, how to do, how to plan a training night. Yeah. Do the work. Do the work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I it again, the book to get is practical shooting training from Ben Stager and Joel Park. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think that's well, and, the fourth and, and, time, and then, but it is yeah, that and good. Then, and then Google Google lesson plan format. Yeah. What are your objectives? Or, what are the What are the drills you're going to do to achieve those objectives? What are the you know What are the standards that you want to be able to achieve to or see? Ask a non commie teacher friend how to do a lesson plan. Yep. Or ask a commie one. You never know. You might might convert. You might bring them to the dark side. <laughs> you know. Luke. I'm your father, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> on that note, as <laughs> we come across interesting things, uh, we try to put them up on our social media. Follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, search for Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters too. Uh, on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Uh, also on the website, you can sign up for our email newsletter uh, or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. We'll add you to the newsletter list. Uh, if you are listening to this in March of 2023, be advised that the first week of April uh, 2023, we will not be offering transfer and NFA services due to some staffing outages. Uh, so just a heads up on that. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and Saturdays, 10 to 3. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys.